Okay, so welcome back to the podcast, Jess. Hello, podcast land. (laughs) So today we are talking about two things. We are going to talk about the roles and responsibilities that happen in our school and are probably similar to most other schools. And then we're going to move on to talking about personal organisation as a teacher. Those two things are quite interlinked. So first we'll start off with... Roles and responsibilities. Now, I was in a consultative committee meeting the other day Mm -hmm. and we've been slowly going through all the roles and responsibilities. And at our school, each responsibility is awarded points and then teachers are allocated points. And by roles and responsibilities, I mean all those things that teachers do outside the classroom that contribute to school life and to learning but aren't directly teaching the children or planning Mm. for teaching the children because Mm -hmm. people tend to see that as... 90% of a teacher's job, and it is what takes up maybe 70% of your time, Mm. but there's a whole lot of other things that I think people don't realise teachers have to do or don't consider, Yes, but become a very big part of your life. Huge. Yes. So on the list, I think there were approximately 170 separate roles and responsibilities. Yeah. It was a massive, massive list, and we've been working through it for a term and a half, doing maybe 10, looking at the points allocated to maybe 10 per mm. meeting or 20, depending mm. on how major they are and whether we all agree. And it's a big thing. It Yeah, it would be. And we've got how many staff? Well, there's 20, 20-ish classes and, and specialists and some part-timers. And so 170 jobs divided by that many people means lots of jobs each. How many staff do you reckon? There's about 40, maybe yeah, 40 staff for, in the school. Yes. So we've got... Obviously, the classroom teachers, the leadership team, the office and administration staff, and the specialists, specialist teachers, and the aides who work in the classrooms. And then a couple of like reading recovery and English as a second language support Mm. teachers as well. So, taken all together, 40, Mm. 45? Yeah, it's about about that. that. Okay, so we've got 170 responsibilities, and the aim is that graduates have about Four points? No, one. Oh, one so, point. Okay. Yeah, so what it does, it works um, if you've taught for one year or if it's your first year teaching, you have one point. If it's your second year teaching, you have two points worth of responsibility, etc. all the way up to 12 points, which is the top band of the wages and how many how many years you've been teaching for. Your, yeah, your pay rise sort of stops at 12. Mm. And that is, we consider that a team leader's role. So without any other responsibility, if you were just leading a level, that would be worth 12 points at our school. And I think I think everything will be based around that, maybe. Mm. Is that sort of where you're going? With yeah, the... that sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah. what? let's just go into what we personally oh. are allocated. So yep. what are your responsibilities? Okay, so my extra responsibilities are, so this is my sixth year teaching, and I am the Digital Technology Curriculum Coordinator. So ideally I won't be doing any of the hardware, though I've been handing that over most of the year because it was quite a large job. So I'm sort of more responsible for knowing exactly what's in the entire curriculum. And and it's, um, a, new, uh, it's a new part of the curriculum, really. It's only been going for a year yeah, or two. And for, this is yeah. our first man- mandatory reporting year. Yes. So yeah. we have to put a statement in our reports. Yes, this year, which will be a lot of schools, I think, because, yeah, we do it when it fits in and this is when it's fit for us. 
So, yeah, so that's one of my responsibilities, and that's my main one. I also run the junior choir, so that's just a rehearsal once a week um, during a lunchtime, and that's a two-point responsibility at our school, so it takes up, you know, half an hour on that day, and then organising concerts or finding songs or teaching myself how to conduct on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, teaching is very much learning on the fly, (laughs) Yeah, which I have had a lot of experience with this year myself, but we'll keep finishing yours. So together we're responsible. Yeah, Yeah, we've got little response. There's kind of big responsibilities like curriculum areas, and then there's little ones like together we're down for organising what we're really supposed to be the social club, but we didn't realise that till halfway through last term because we didn't pay close attention to yep. uh, the al- allocations of yeah. these things. And anyway. Time just flies. It does. <laughs> and then you think, oh, we haven't had a social function. I wonder who's responsible for that. <laughs> oh, it's us. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> so, we should get on to that. So this afternoon. Everybody, let's go to community for drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And not that anybody came. We were there. We were there. <laughs> um, but that's okay. So yep. this afternoon we're going to be starting out organising the staff Christmas party. We've already... Right now is the first week of term four, so we've got yeah, we've eight got weeks. the venue, the ideas. We've just got to lock, like lock it in, put it all together, yeah. and get a caterer and that sort of thing. So maybe we'll do another post about staff Christmas parties. Oh yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun, and we'll. I might even ask in my Melbourne teachers community what other schools are doing Ooh, for their staff Christmas idea. party. We could read from the web. Indeed, in the podcast. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I had some comments on the Facebook page? <laughs> Anyway, we'll get there one day. I should teach you how to invite everybody to like the Facebook page. Well, I don't want to invite people to like it until I've got a fair bit of content. Mm. And there's the quandary. That's, how yeah. do you get comments if there's no people <laughs> liking it? Look, yeah, it's a bit of a cycle. Yeah. I'll get there in we'll the end. There. Anyway. Time. That's what, this, that's what yeah. this podcast's all about. So, yeah, so that takes – digital technologies takes a lot of my time at the moment, especially the hardware. We, we've got 500 children at our school and we've got – I don't know, 120 desktops and 150 iPads and and there's the network and the Wi-Fi and communicating with the IT specialist. It's just literally takes probably maybe 100 to 150 minutes of my planning at the moment, which I've got 200 minutes of. So it's taking a lot of my time, but it will get better. We're, We're in a transition phase. And I think once that transition's happened, it will it will have less problems and there will be less organising and it'll be super smooth and amazing. <laughs> and you'll be able to just let, let go. It'll, it'll all be just, done. It'll, it'll be never done. need... I'll never have to do a job. Six <laughs> points for nothing. That's how career, That's how technology works. <laughs> yeah, is, never, it's just, done. Yeah, it's just finished. Mm. Yeah. And this is sarcasm, just in case <laughs> the audience can't tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it will probably never be done, but no. it'll be more done. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the hardware not having any more issues so that I can really get into the the meat of the curriculum. I know a lot about my level. So the the curriculum goes from F to 2, foundation to grade 2. There's no progression point for foundation or grade 1. It's just they're they're continuing towards the end of grade 2. So I know that one really well. But 3, 4 and 5, 6, I would really like to learn more about the digital curriculum up that end Mm. um, and really help the teachers with planning professional development and to give anyone listening from overseas an idea our what we call foundation you might be calling kindergarten the very first year of school yeah the very first formal year of school so Mm. in australia that's five-year-olds roughly and so by the time they get to year six most children are 12 yep around that age yep 
So digital tech, everyone usually has sort of one major responsibility and a little mm. host of minor responsibilities. Yeah. I personally don't have a major responsibility. I have yeah. a whole host of minor <laughs> responsibilities and unfortunately all my minor responsibilities are coming to a head this term. <laughs> so the school magazine is being done right now and I'm in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the swimming program which thankfully there are other people who are also doing a lot of work on that. Mm. And I'm mainly just coordinating with the pool because our swimming program starts the week after our production is on and that's a whole, mm. nother, whole nother thing is the school production. I'm wondering if that's why I had nightmares last night. <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff happening <laughs> at, once. at once. But that's yeah. all right. We'll yeah, get through it as teachers always do. Yeah. What's my other responsibilities? Oh, well, I guess the staff, socials. Yep. And a lot of these sort of responsibilities when it comes to like union being the union rep or oh, being the yes. doing the staff functions or whatever it's like how long is a piece of string some people would put an hour's work every mm -hmm. week some people would put an hour's work every term yes so it's really yeah how do you how do you, you measure that yeah it's really hard responsibilities when yeah some people will put in a lot of effort and some people will will do just what needs to get done because they've got so many other responsibilities it's and some people won't even do that yeah <laughs> some things cannot get done and yes. the school runs just fine and other things yeah. absolutely have to get done mm. I just remembered I do I am there's a lot of committees as well so at our oh, school yeah, of course um going on these committees is considered voluntary but running a committee I think gets yes. allocated a point yes but for instance we both go to yeah. school council meetings so that's yes being at school until nine o'clock nine p.m once a month once a month yeah yeah um and to be on school council you also need to be on a subcommittee again voluntary so I'm on the policy and planning committee. So once a month, I also am at school till eight o'clock. I mean, I guess, look, I could go home between five and mm. seven. However. You might as well just get stuff done. Yes. It's so good to get stuff done when no one else is at the school for two hours. So that was almost my reasoning for joining the committees was so mm. that I yes. was timetabled to be at school yeah. twice a month for extra time to get things done. Um, yeah. And so that I don't work at home. So, yeah, so I read through policies. Um, there's also oh, numerous subcommittees. There's a finance mm. committee. So I'm on fundraising. Yes. Which doesn't actually involve me really doing anything because it's mostly parents. But it is really interesting to be there and just hear what mm. happens. I'm also on the sustainability. I'm the rep for our level on the sustainability committee, which sometimes means I have jobs to do and other times not so much. And mm. as part of that sort of I'm in charge of the chickens yeah. well I don't know another teacher's really in charge of the chickens but the chickens used to belong to me and came from my house and went <laughs> to the school so I feel responsible for them you have so. a lot of chicken knowledge yeah yeah <laughs> more than some <laughs> and so I tend to take them my garden scraps and do all that sort of thing so really hmm. I probably spend at least an hour a week just looking after the chickens but it'd be quite easy to spend 10 minutes a week looking after the chickens mm. and if I'm ever in five six I could get the kids to do that sort of thing. I'm <laughs> oh, not letting the one twos yes. do it though. Yes. No. That's so. another thing with yeah, teaching a lower level is that you really need to do a lot of the things yourself. You can't Delegate. incorporate it mm. <laughs> and get some kids to do it. Though mm. I do have some lovely older children that come into my classroom at lunchtime when it's quite cold and ask if I need help <laughs> with anything. And I say, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yep. There's nothing like getting a couple of really responsible five, six students to come in and Mm, help out. Help out. Laminate. Do a bit of cutting. Yep. 
put up displays, mm. all that sort of thing. So it's and that brings us to working smarter, being mm. organized, organization. So I yeah I knew we were going to do this topic today. So I thought last night, what do I do to stay organized? When I was a casual teacher, I picked up a great idea from actually it was from Amanda's school. I can't remember who it was. They were in grade three, four, and they had a tray for each day of the week in their office. And I took that one step further, put it out in the classroom so the kids can (laughs) access it as well. So in my Monday tray, I will have the resources for the day in order of how we how we how the day is going to go. So what I'm going to do first is at the top of the tray and then the middle of the tray is the middle block, bottom of the tray. You get it. And I also organize things via colors. So in that tray, my maths work will have a green clip on it because in the timetable, maths is green <laughs> in the visual oh, timetable. You're very organized. Yeah, it helps when you're in a rush. It helps when a CRT comes mm. in. And then I also do that for the literacy groups. So the literacy groups are coloured depending on their level of um, ability. And so I will clip their resources for that group in their colour clip. So it just helps. You don't you don't have to think. You just go for the colour. When really do you helps. do all this organisation, getting everything oh, ready? Oh, that's a good question. Um, in that, <laughs> that last 50 minutes I've got of my planning time or after work or... So we, I mean, we plan as a team on the Monday afternoon. We do a planner that tells us what we are going to do for the week. We tend to bring to that meeting the resources that everybody will need. If we don't, we go off and do it later in the week and put them in the tray. So always the week before. It's always done by the Friday. If it's not done by Friday, uh, that's what I'm doing at Friday at four o'clock. Mm. But usually, usually I can manage to get it done during the week. Um, that really helps. Another thing is labelling everything in the classroom and getting the kids to understand the the beauty of organisation. In things can happen faster and. You're not walking around looking for a pencil or not knowing where the little red riding hood costume is, <laughs> etc. Mm. So everything in my classroom is labelled. The kids know where everything is. And I encourage them from day one to be responsible with getting their own books or pencils or glue sticks or scissors or whatever it may be. Um, I know some teachers like to lay things out for the children, but that would take me longer than if the whole class just goes and gets their own pair of scissors. So, mm. I mean, I teach foundation, so obviously you wouldn't be doing that in five, six at all. No, they have their own pencil cases yeah. and their own gear and they like to have some ownership over that stuff. Yeah. It's interesting, in my level, I think every other class has their tubs under their tables. So we have tables that fit, rectangular tables all throughout the school that fit two students and you can slide tubs in underneath. Mm-hmm. And so children have their own tubs, but... I'm the only one in one two who does not have tubs. My Mm. children do not have their own pencil cases. Mm. I absolutely hate dealing with, number Mm. one, the mess that collects in tubs because for half the children in the class, they're spotless, and for Mm. half the children in the class, they are rubbish bins. Yep. And I hate, and it it happens in every level, Mm. where you say, get out your writing books, and three or four kids would go, I can't find mine, I've lost mm. mine. And so you have to go to their tub, you have to mm. pull out all the scrunched up bits of paper, and yep. there it is in and the tub. And then if you if you want to mark mm. or, or look at the writing from from your whole class, then I guess you could just get them to put it all in a pile that day. But 
but then I like half having of them, them can't find the front. Them. Oh, I much prefer to have everything yeah. neat. And then, as you say, when casual teachers come in, and I'm very conscious of making the casual teacher's day bearable, <laughs> having done it, yeah. So having everything in a pile out the front just makes it easy for them. Mm. And I guess, I like, there is the argument, and there'll be a lot of people listening right now going, but, but what about getting the kids to be responsible and, mm. and organise themselves? And I think that is important as well, um, but you've got to weigh it up against how much time is spent doing that and what's on the curriculum and what's the most important thing to them mm. to be learning at the time. I guess, look, it's personal preference, really. But Absolutely. There's no right or wrong way. No. It's just what can you bear putting up with? Yeah. Because somebody, uh, one of the other teachers in my level, said to me the other day that they had a problem with the opposite that I thought, oh, yeah, no, that's quite reasonable. It's just what are you prepared to put up with? And to mm. me, looking through tubs drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah. And and also the having their own pencils and rubbers and everything. Mm. It's just there's constant arguments. They took my thing. They yeah. oh, But it hasn't got a name on it. Da, da, da. Whereas if everything is communal, mm. then I can collect it all up, redistribute yeah. it. It yeah. doesn't matter. We, um, I used to years ago, it's funny looking back at it, when I was a graduate, I'd spend every second Friday, we'd tip all the pencils on the floor and was this was in grade one two and we would all get a red pencil and put it in <laughs> get a blue pencil some reason I had time to do this <laughs> I guess because I was a graduate and didn't have the other million things that sort mm. of accrue as you as you become more experienced and um and then I got to a point maybe a couple of years ago where I thought I'm just gonna put extra I'm just gonna jam pack those pencil tubs so mm. that there's three or four of each color in every one and and then there's always extras. And then any yeah. extras that you find on the floor, chuck it in the tub. If yeah. you can't find a pencil, go to the spares tub. And my life just got easier when I didn't care about having one of mm. each colour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which organisational things to drop? At the moment, I've just got, and it's working quite well, I've just got these big yoghurt tubs that one of our lovely uh, friends donates to me. Yes. And I've got one on each either double table or square table of four yep. depending on how my tables are arranged and I just throw a big handful of lead pencils rubbers mm. sharpeners rulers into each of those and by the end of the week half of them have 10 sharpeners and half of them uh -huh. have none but then Friday afternoon kids usually help out with All redistributing them or they're fine and yep. they fill up with textures and color pencils and there are a few kids in my class who will happily spend a lunchtime or a recess sorting sorting just for which the is part of, of the curriculum being so, inside you know. yeah oh there you go there you go yep, so sorted. it's finding a process that works for you but it's really important i think to get into other people's classrooms and just see yes what the options are yes and just get an idea and you try things out and you go oh that doesn't really work and mm. or you think oh yeah that's fantastic and it's funny because some things will work one year with a class who are <laughs> great at this particular thing and then the next year you try and do it and it's an absolute disaster <laughs> yes i um i've got a very organized class this year they from first term would ask me which bin does this go in where do these scissors go where does the glue stick and which has been fantastic they were very excited when i bought these stacks of um plastic colored drawers and we took photos of all the the costumes for dress-ups that we do in um, Discovery Play. And we we put a picture of each costume on each drawer because every Discovery time I would have the entire big massive tub of costumes all over the floor. 
And now there's never one on the floor. They just get it out of the tub and put it back in the right tub and they love it. (laughs) And Mm. so do I. That's funny because in our classroom for dress-ups, we don't have specific costumes. We've just got a bag of old clothes that I found in the back room in one of those giant zip-up bags. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of our Friday afternoon sort of playtime, they just tip everything out on the floor. Oh, yes, that is exactly what was happening. <laughs> yep, and they love it. Yep. But I've got one very responsible boy who loves dress-ups mm-hmm. and he will manage the kids at the end of the day to put them all back so there's oh, never lovely. anything lying around. But I can't rely on that system next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't have it next year. So we'll see. I mean, and also this is the first year I've had a class that are really into dress-ups. Mm. Every Friday for this whole year they've wanted the dress-ups out, <laughs> which I find incredible. Yes. But... Maybe next year they won't even be interested in that. If you get mine again, you've got a few of my children from last year, this year, and I'm sure Mm. you'll probably get... Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. But um, but if you do, they're very much into dress-ups. So we'll see. But, yeah, there's lots of aspects of organisation, and we might cover other ones in another Mm. session because there's how do you organise your weekly planners. I know a lot of people go with paper books. Do you have a paper book? Like, you know, like a planner book for the year. No. No, No, neither do I. No, mine's all digital. Oh, just quickly on that. Go digital, guys. Please. (laughs) Please go digital. There's – I get get that it's tricky, but – And if you don't have an iPad – I mean, I really focus on my iPad in terms of record keeping. Not not so much planning. I kind of waver between my iPad and my Yeah, I'm more my laptop. Yeah. I'm more my laptop. But, yeah, if if, you you file things in folders, like worksheets in folders – which you've printed off the computer. Why keep a spare? <laughs> use mm. that as scrap paper. And next year you just use the computer like like it's a folder. I mean, it has folders. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. A lot of teachers are very... Paper-based. Uh, well, they're very paper-based because either that's the way they've always done it mm. or they're obsessed with stationery because mm. teachers love stationery. Mm. I reckon most teachers could spend hours just browsing office works. I do love stationery. But I've, I think I've become... I think you like space. And, I, I love yeah. space. I love organisation. <laughs> yeah. And I also love my own money being spent on things that are not work-related. So mm. that those things have encouraged me to... Just Doesn't our school provide... Do they give you a free paper planner, like one of the planning books each year? Do they provide that or not? Like a my diary. Old school, yeah, like a diary. Yeah, planning diary. Oh, no, I'm all GCAL and... Google Calendar and yeah, I use all that stuff. But my last school, you could order one for the next. Yeah, year. we can order a paper-based okay. diary, but no, I'm all digital. And at the yeah. moment, I'm very much into telling Siri to do everything for me, and it's even faster than typing things in and handwriting things. Just mm. Siri, do this for me, and it's done. Whereas it's I tend to type things in. I don't really use Siri very much. Maybe oh, I need to get onto that. We're going for a hike in a minute and I'm going to convert Amanda and by her next podcast she'll tell you how much she loves Siri. I just don't trust Siri. I think oh, that when I tell Siri to put, ideas than me. When I tell Siri to put something in the calendar, I'm afraid that mm, Do you know what? You can't forget. do that because you use Google Calendar like me oh, and okay. Siri will put it in the Apple calendar. So Siri doesn't link with Google Calendar at the moment. That is the one problem. Okay. Um, Siri can, however, create you a shopping list. I'll show you how to do that soon. But I use Wonderlist. Mm. Wonderlist is a terrific app where you can share lists with people, but you can probably share lists with people this other way. But I really love. Anyway, (laughs) that's a conversation for another day. We have a hike to go on this morning, so we might say goodbye. And my tip for graduate teachers is get out and watch other teachers. Yes. I have a fantastic 
well, she's not even technically. Is she my student teacher? Anyway, Molly, who hopefully will be on the podcast soon, she came at the start of the year uh, as a connection through my Facebook page. And she's come in several times throughout the year. She's not even committed to mm. being at our school or, you know, yeah. her university's not making her do this. She's doing extra prac. And, yeah, she's using her spare time to come in. So my tip for not graduate teachers, I suppose, because you've probably got full-time jobs, but you can still within your school go and visit other classrooms. Oh, and 100%. If- or if you don't if you don't get an on, uh, well, you're not going to get an ongoing contract when you first come out, but if you don't get a mm. contract, a full-time contract when you get out, volunteer. I I spent my first term um, doing a mix of CRT and volunteering. If I didn't have a CRT day, I went and volunteered at a school and spread myself around all the classrooms and all the different teachers to see what was going on, and that was brilliant. Mm. And not only does that potentially lead to a job, but just the ideas that you get, because once you get that full-time job or part-time job or whatever, you don't have time time to go and look at other people's classrooms unless you're really motivated. Mm. I mean, especially as a graduate, every moment is filled because you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) So use any time you've got. And when you're at uni, go to a school that's really close to your house and say, I'm a student. I just want to get into a school and see how things run and just do it. Yeah, Best idea. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And on that note, thanks for joining me, Jess. No worries.